now, whether it's the paper or otherwise, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. We're looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word right here. And ask that you would speak to us this day. I pray that you'd help me to, to, to speak your words. That you would anoint what I say. But more than that, you'd anoint what we hear. It open not just our ears, but open our hearts to receive from you today. You are here. That is your promise. That is a reality we know. You are right here with us right now. But whether we are experienced that in a real and personal way, for some this day, it's not so. Lord, I pray by the time we're done that all can know that connection with you and with one another that brings hope healing and help and life. Thank you for what you've done. Move in us. Speak to us. May we be different walking out of here than we were coming in. Because of you. Manifest your presence, Father. Jesus, reign. Holy Spirit, fall in a mighty and powerful way. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. There are some things in life that should just not be together. This was in the news. I don't know. I, I think it's, oh yeah, it's definitely big enough when I look at it back here. Uh, to see peanut butter and pickle Twinkies. Uh, it really was in the news. Now, I had to do a little digger deeping because I don't just, I try not to put anything up there just because this. I had a little digger deeping. Apparently, Hostess likes to prank. And uh, in fact, last week they had a, uh, a mustard filled Twinkie. <laughs> Can you imagine? Okay, but. Hey, we're going to get past that because there are some things that do go good together. In fact, they were, it seems like they were just made to be better together. So I'm going to show you a picture and I want you to shout out what that is. So ready? Uh, I'm going to show you a picture and just kind of quickly shout out. Peanut butter and? Yes, that's very good. Milk and cookies. Yes, that's right. Salt and? Pepper, all right. Now this one could go a couple different ways, but chips and salsa. Because you guess a little Mexican hat. There you go. Okay, okay. Burgers and woo. Yes, you guys are rolling. Uh, pancakes and 
Syrup, yes, yes, yes. I don't know what, yeah, you can't have pancakes without syrup. Spaghetti and? Okay, they're better together. Coffee and? Absolutely nothing. Hey, coffee is gross. There is, there is absolutely nothing that goes good with coffee. I'm telling you. Uh, now, now, some people will say donuts, a coffee and donuts, but no, because we just need to get rid of the coffee. So, what goes better together with a donut? Another donut! Yeah! That's, that's the way I like it, you know? You know, all this is just fun way of introducing that this, not only the theme this month, as you see up here in front, we're better together, but really what we're talking about, what God has said in his word, including what I just read in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9, it says two are better than one. So let's take a closer look at this passage that we just looked at in Ecclesiastes. We're going to walk through this a little bit and see the ways that we are better together. First, the first point as we think about this, we are better when working together. Verse 9 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Now, first of all, as we're talking about verse 9... We've got to think about the context of this. In other words, the paragraph, where it is and hear it. And even just the verse right before it in verse 8, which I did not read. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. See, in verse 1, or in verse 8, and before this is, is this selfish, solitary life of this man. And then it gets contrasted with, verse 9, two are better than one. It's about together being better. We are born and born again to be better together. That's the way God made us as his creation. All the way back to the very beginning, to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Yes, Adam had animals. Adam even walked with God. And yet God still said in that verse that it is not good for Adam to be alone. So God created a companion for the journey. We were created for connection with one another. Now, I know many strictly think about all of that with Eve as, as a being about marriage, which is, as we've been using the Lego illustration, it's Legos that are, two Legos that are super glued together. Uh, that, that's a good, what uh, marriage is, that as it talks in those uh, chapters about cleaving, about the two becoming one. And while there are some references that we can see to marriage, this creation of another person is not about marriage. Strictly. Because if it was, why in the Bible would he later talk about it's better to be single for some? If it was always meant to be that way. It's not about marriage. It is about being created for connection. One to another. 
for all that matters, marriage does not always bring about the together that we're talking about here where two are better than one, connecting in a community. In a sense, uh, as we thought, as we think about the Legos and they're connecting with one another, there are different shapes, there's different sizes, different colors. But not only that, there are different purposes to, to Legos. And ultimately, each of us are a piece made to connect with others. Like Legos, we were made to work together, better together. We'll talk more about that next week in the mission that God has, has called us together and, and get a good return for our labor, as verse 9 talks about here. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 3, it says we are co-laborers in God's service. But before that, the first thing we need to recognize is what the biggest thing that God wants us to build together. The biggest thing that God is building is us. We are the building God's building. We are the greatest evidence, the greatest witness that He is building. And so it is not ultimately what we do together, but who we are together that God is building. And too often we're, we're focused on, on, on something else and forgetting Jesus said in John 13, they will know you're my disciples by your love. This is what it's about. We're focused on, on, on a project and yet what God is working on and what needs to be productive is how we get along together, building each other up. This is the something deeper that we miss as Christians, the something deeper that we are missing in church, so to speak. We talk about what we are to accomplish together and how when we work together, it is better to be together with others and working. And yet Christianity is about a relationship. It's not about a religion. And therefore, it's not about the projects we do. It is about the people we are. I think to some extent, God is less concerned about a specific work that we do together than he is about together we work. The number one thing that teamwork brings about should be the team. Last week, Ephesians 4 talked about that. Romans chapter 14, verse 9. So then we pursue the things which make for peace in building up of one another. First Thessalonians 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Build one another up. This is ultimately the good return for the labor that we're looking for in this two are better than one. We are better when working together as we think through this next verse 10 we are better when walking together look at verse 10 if one falls down his friend can help him up but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up this picture of walking together uh, fits well actually it doesn't fit this whole picture of walking together that it's talking about here doesn't really fit with the individualistic american kind of way of thinking where we're going to ride through this life. We used to say like the Lone Ranger, but now people are like, the Lone who? You know, I, I don't know who that is. So you've got to change uh, uh, who we're talking about. So maybe it's better to say people are trying to ride through life like, I'm Batman. Right? That's how they're trying to do it. Like, I'm Batman. Solo. Crime-fighting hero. That's, that's me. You know? And we even have this attitude as American Christians. 
that it's about my personal relationship with God and that's all that really counts is me and God. But that's not true. First of all, it's not true even with the analogy. I mean, Batman had Alfred, Boy Wonder, you know, Robin, and Commissioner Gordon. Without those guys, he was nowhere. But let's really deal with where it really says what the truth is in God's Word. That traveling the road alone is not the way God created us. It's not the way as well God remade us. When we were born again, when we became a part of His family, He connects us one to another in His church. When we become believers, we automatically become a belonger. Believers are belongers. When we are adopted by our Heavenly Father, we get a new family, the church. We are belongers, and and it's not a choice that's up to us. Rather, it's a choice that's already been made for us. And so, and I'm sure at some point in time in our lives, we've heard jokes about how you can't pick your blood relatives. Oh, you know, I'm making my friends, but I'm stuck with my relatives. I can't pick them. The same thing goes for your brothers and sisters in Christ that we are also related to by blood. The blood of Jesus Christ that bought the church, us. We cannot enter into a relationship with God without entering into a relationship with His family where we live life together, walk through life together through eternity with one another. All we have to do is just begin by looking up in the New Testament the analogy of the family of God or the body of Christ and to look up the one another passages that He commands us to do. Here they are. You got, can you read them all? I think the point is to try to show there is a lot just one another's of what we're due. One another, 59 of them up here. That we're, and these are commands... These are what we're to be and do that there is no way to live out on your own alone. Just me and God. It can't happen. Unless we recognize that we are better together. Walking. When we are walking together. It doesn't happen if we're just watching church on TV or the internet. It only happens when we're physically together with God's family. We are better walking together because that's the way God made us. In verse 10, as we look at this again, it talks about if one falls down, so this whole walking, if one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the one who falls and has no one to help him. You know, the roads back in those days that he's writing this were not exactly the way we think of them today. Although in Pennsylvania we come closer to being able to think about how they are, you know, how they used to be. But, I I mean, they were uneven, unpaved, rocks in them, maybe some roots. Even for someone who was good and didn't have problem walking, could easily be tripped up. And so as we walk together, it's not a stretch to realize that there are going to be times where we will trip and fall. Meaning not, not just physically. Hopefully you're with me. It's not just talking about physically. It's, it's talking about uh, experiencing problems where it would be emotionally, mentally, spiritually, socially with others. Stumbling in our, our, our spiritual walk, especially considering the road that some of us have to walk on. It's then that we need others. 
to support, to lift up one another, to, to pick us up and encourage us, to keep us walking, even to say, I'll walk with you. We act like we can do it on our own, though, although usually it's not very good acting. I mean, you ever seen someone, let's take it this way, you've seen someone walking along and they trip, but, you know, you can't really act like you just tripped. That's not cool. I'm, I'm not, uh, you know... You know, so I don't know, you got different things. You're walking along, you kind of trip, and then you just kind of, hey, I'm going to jug. You know, this has got a gut. Or maybe you kind of trip, and they just, okay, here we go. Okay. Uh, it, we're trying to fake it. We don't want anybody to know that we didn't plan that. You know, we don't even know that we somehow tripped and call attention to ourselves, as if doing that doesn't call attention to yourself. As if the things that we say and do do not call attention to yourself. People know you're tripping, man. You know? So just admit it. Stop faking it. As the Bible says, put off falsehood. For us to be better together, we've got to be honest together with one another. To omit our faults one to another, James 5, verse 16 says, and to pray for one another. But, but, but I don't want to be that needy. Well, first of all, we are that needy at times. But you're right. We're not supposed to be a, a, a needy one-way relationship because that's not really walking together. The connection is, is like the Legos, two ways. I mean, yes, one Lego connects to the other, but there's connections on both sides of that. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Rather, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. When we walk together... We get the focus off of ourselves and onto others. But, but, but somebody says, how, how can I possibly help someone when my life is such a mess, when my life is such a struggle? I mean, I can't tell you how many times God has had to pull me out of a hole. Then you're the very one that God wants to help others. You're the very one God wants to use to walk alongside them when they fall into the big potholes of life. In fact, uh, the Bible talks about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. We are not meant to walk alone, we, we have received that comfort. We have had that help from God so that we might be able to help others. Walking with them, they may know the same thing that we've known. We're not meant to walk alone. Some never really recognize that. They've not found the fulfillment. They've not found the joy that they seem to be looking for because... 
too often we're walking alone and not necessarily because we want to be alone but because we just got our own problems and we just don't think like we can you know what we're missing out on the way god made us connecting with others we are better when we are walking together let's look at the next verse where it says we are better when warming together I know that's a little different, but it is a W and it is fits here. So you guys got that. Verse 11. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? We've been talking about walking together, right? This whole thing is on the road, so to speak. And sometimes we forget that when they traveled back in those days, as they were traveling along, it wasn't like they were going to, hey, here's a Motel 8 or a Motel 6. Or a Motel One. It just it didn't exist. They might have to stop and they'd be sleeping in somebody's courtyard. Or they might be just sleeping out in the middle of a field in the country someplace. And they weren't traveling in a minivan so they could take all kinds of stuff with them. Extra stuff. No, they didn't have a load of blankets they could just put. In fact, maybe they didn't even have one. Or if they did, between the two of them, they could only afford one blanket that they could share, thus having to get closer together to get warm. Guess what? Oh, I don't think you can... I think you can guess this. It's a cold world out there. But having other people close in our lives makes it a little warmer. How close do we really get with others? You know, some some would say in our day that we are more connected than ever, and yet we are more alone than ever. What do you think? We are more connected than ever, and yet we are more alone than ever. We fill our lives with connections that cannot really bring warmth. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, at best is really holding people at arm's length and therefore can never provide the warmth of a real relationship. We keep people at this arm's length because sometimes it's just too much work. People are problems if you let them get too close. But then we complain that I got no close friends. I got no one cares. There's no warmth. Which do you want? What is going on? Sure, we're willing to accept or send a friend request on Facebook, but when it comes to real-life connections face-to-face with others, it's just not today. We actually have to connect in real life. We've been giving this illustration of being better together with Lego, you know, as Lego pieces. Those two Legos... completely separated are not together two legos right side by side are not really connected we've got to make that connection be willing to take that risk for some they would say if we're going to get the warmth that god wants to bring us where there's encouragement, where there's acceptance of one another, where there's a Romans 12 that says, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. A 1 Corinthians 12 uh, that says, if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. 
just having someone to share the pain, the heartache, the struggles. We may feel like we're cracked or broken, but we still, no matter what's happened to us, we still will keep the God-created ability to connect with others because that is the answer. Help us in that brokenness. I know we can feel like... uh, I don't know what to say to the person. I mean, I know I could use that, but there's this, and somebody else could use, but I, I just don't know what to say when they're going through such, especially a major tough time. I mean, this is something I've never dealt with in my life. How, how, how do I make it warmer? Well, first of all, it's okay to not have the right answer in that moment. Because many times, there is no answer that you could possibly give. In fact, there is no answer that God could give them that would be right in that moment. It it, it wouldn't change anything. And we're holding back because we don't have the right answer. God has the right answer, and we we still don't want to always accept that in those moments. To weep with those who weep. Not give the answer to all their problems. If anything, to say, you know what? I I don't know what to say. I'm sorry you're going through this. But you're not alone. That's when things just got a little warmer. This scene of warmth that I'm talking about can really only be experienced in a closer setting. There are those that will come on a Sunday morning and may feel like as the church is gathered together that that you have that warmth and and that is happening. But there are those that may not feel that. And and that makes sense in that the closer we are, the, the warmer it gets, so to speak. And so there are many opportunities here within our church family to to get closer in smaller groups, in smaller get-togethers that we have, in service opportunities, in ministries, in, in small groups, in prayer groups, in women's Bible studies, in men's groups, in kingdom builders, in life transformation triads. Probably the best connection that brings that warmth, that acceptance, that, that help, that walking along, that best happens in life groups. In fact, here's a, uh, a video for us to check out. Or better together and warming one another.
You know, we try to find what we're looking for all kinds of different places, all kinds of different ways. And God's provided a place where we can be better together, warmer together, so to speak. Let's look at the last verse here, verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. We are better warring together. As they traveled on the roads in those days, especially as it got dark, it became dangerous. In fact, very dangerous to travel. That's the whole, how the parable of the Good Samaritan starts, which, by the way, beginning a brief series of that in, in October here coming. But as it says in verse 12, that if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. Together we can fight war and win we are stronger together we can protect one another there is a power when god's people connect together against the threats that come at us from every angle and understand that here's a uh, interesting example one like the last week that we showed We are better together because we can war together. We're stronger together. We can go longer together. You know, uh, this past week we remembered 9-11 again. As we remember that, we remember how what took place after 9-11 was a togetherness that made us stronger, that helped us to fight the tragedy that happened. In a sense, it was a tragedy that actually brought us together to help one another. Hopefully, we don't have to or need something like that again to bring that about. But to some extent, we've lost that togetherness. We've lost that sense that we are one nation under God, that we are the sound, the same team, and that there are enemies trying to harm us. But more than that, let's apply it right here to the church for us today to remember as believers, as belongers, that there is a greater enemy than any terrorist, an enemy that is not flesh and blood, Therefore, not your brother and sister in Christ or anyone else, but there is an enemy that is committed to taking each of us down. There is an enemy that Jesus said has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Satan, our adversary, the devil himself, wants to defeat us. Let us not forget together we cannot just help to protect one another. We can fight, make war together on the enemy of our souls not just to defend but to fight back we are better warring together than we could ever be on our own 
In fact, there are some of these battles you should never even attempt on your own in the spiritual realm. As we travel this life with others, we are stronger. We can walk longer when we are together. Now, there is one more part in verse 12 here, that last section. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And there's kind of been a progression. If you've seen from verse 8, there was just this one, and one is not enough. And then verse 9, it goes on that two is better together. And now uh, we see this three, three strands not easily broken. It's not about the numbers because otherwise you just go on and say, and a fourth one is better than three, and a fifth one is better than a sixth one. There's something deeper that he's trying to say here when he's talking about this. Something that was uh, portrayed at my daughter's wedding and during a part of the wedding where uh, ages ago we we did unity candles or they've done sand uh, creations and things like that. Uh, My daughter and her husband, well, he wasn't husband yet, Uh, but the two of them as they were uniting together as one walked up to the front and there was three cords three ropes if you will up there and together they wove those three together into one rope one strand that was stronger together are those three than they were separately symbolic of what this is talking about here but symbolic of that deeper meaning It wasn't just in marriage that two became one, but rather three. As God entered into that relationship. The God that was in their life, both of them, together with God, they were better. This is a key beyond anything else this morning that we recognize that we ultimately are better together with God. We are. While our help can come from others, ultimately our hope can only come from God. To trust in Him. And sometimes what we're looking for from others and we're not not finding, we're like, I I don't know, why is it? We talk about this uh, even in church people and stuff like that. We talk about what this is supposed to be and uh, it just seems like it's not working out. Now, sometimes it may be because the person is a problem. But sometimes it's because ultimately what we are to one another is just a reflection of God, like His love. We're looking for that. And it may be that the person is trying to reflect that love, but there's something more that you need than just a reflection. Uh, We cannot get all our light and our warmth from the moon, if you can follow me here. Not get all our warmth and light from the moon. Instead, we need to turn and face the sun, the Son of God, who is the source of our light and source of our warmth. Not merely looking for the reflection of love from other people, but from the very source, the Jesus who never fails, the one who will never leave you or forsake you. Above all others, we were ultimately made to connect to God, the God who made us. There are many that go through life with this sense that there is something missing. There's a peace missing. And their life that they've built and all that they've done and they've tried all these things, but there's this peace missing. 
I try this and that, this person or this thing to try to make connections with, to fill that hole. Some things are destructive. But ultimately we still are like, "Ah, I've tried to fit all these different things, but we've never really stopped to look and see that the shape of the missing piece is really Jesus. Because of what happened long ago in the garden, we've all been born without that peace in our life. All of us are missing that peace and can only be made complete when we connect with God. You know, there are are many who would say that They've not experienced that that connection with God, so to speak. We never made a real connection. You may have heard of God. You may believe in God. And while that's good, it's not good enough because James chapter 2 says even the demons believe. And I'm pretty sure there's no connection with God between them and the demons. It's got to be more than just with our head that we believe to connect with God. We've got to go beyond that to receive. To receive that connection that Jesus made for us by dying on the cross, taking our place, taking our punishment from our sin. The the ways we've fallen short, we've messed up. The sin that that is kept us or, or, or so to speak if this is us the sin that has blocked us from connecting with God we keep trying all kinds of things and we and we even try church but there still seems to be something that just can't seem to connect to God but Jesus came to take that away to literally take it upon himself What does it mean to be connected? It's more than just saying that I've talked with God in prayer. It's more than, than saying I met God long ago. May, and sure, maybe we did. Maybe we've gotten beyond just knowing about God. We realize, you know, it's not just about knowing about God or believing the facts. But there's a faith there. And to say that that we we, we, we know God or... or Maybe more accurately, we knew God. There was a time, you know, where, where we met God at this church thing. There was this church thing that went on and the, somebody said something and, and we met God. We spent time maybe with Him, so to speak. But honestly, in our hearts we know that, and maybe we're happy with it, but the reality is God is just an acquaintance. There's not a real, close, personal relationship. There's not a connection that is solid and constant with every breath, with every step, with everything that we walk through. I want to invite you today to make that connection with God. He is reaching out ready ready to make that connection with you. 
in a few moments uh, lead us in prayer. And I know there are some that are going to be and have been going to get ready for the picnic. But they're not the only ones in this room. They really need to make a connection because we may understand what this is about, what I've just talked about, making that real connection with God. Getting beyond a religion to a relationship. I understand that. But somewhere in your life, you know there's become a disconnect between you and God. Even if it's not loosening, are you willing to admit that somehow you've disconnected? Yeah, I remember I invited Jesus into my life. And there's scripture about that, right? Yes, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and he and will dine with him and he with me. And perhaps we opened the door and Jesus came in. But was it a real connection with Jesus? Who did not just come in for a visit, but came in to live. No more than that. He came in to be the Lord of your life. Surrender it all. And if that's so, then where is Jesus right now? Because the truth of that Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 verse that I just read, the truth of that verse is it was written to those who were supposed to have been the church, to those who supposedly already had Jesus in their life. But where was Jesus? He was on the outside, knocking, wanting to come in, back in. There are those at one point in time who had a real vital connection with God. And with God's people. But at some point, you began to disconnect. Maybe it was slowly. Maybe it was slowly disconnecting from the church. And the church people. And thought, I I can handle it on my own. I I can do this. But then he started disconnecting from those different things of God. Rarely open the word. Now, we're not talking about a religion, but if it is a relationship, you'd think we'd want to hear from him. We rarely actually talk to him, except when we're really desperate. He's just becoming more and more disconnected. Even though we might keep up the appearance, though really it's an appearance of religion, and as the relationship is fading... We know the facts. We know He's there. We know that He loves us. But we also know that our relationship is not not only where it once was, but it's not where it could be and should be and where God wants it. We are not connected. And the Good Shepherd wants to find the wandering sheep, so to speak, and bring them back into that fold. You know... Today, we give you that opportunity as well just to, to make that decision and that, to begin that. But then to, to be a part, not just in connected with Him, but connected with His family, with one another. Because you know, the funny thing is, 
as our relationship, our relationship with God cools, the farther we get away from the fire that was built with the logs together that is us. I mean, we don't even think about it that way, but think of us as, as we gather together, when we're together, it's like putting logs together and a kind of fire and, and where it's hotter and brighter together. God said, there I am in the midst. And the farther we get ourselves away, the easier it is to disconnect, even from Him. You have uh, these cards. I hope that you do. If you don't, uh, we want to get you on even at the end. But as a part of this, what we're saying, uh, there's a pen right in front of the in front of you somewhere. Grab one of those. I recognize you may not, but I just want everybody to have this as we pray. And that you might just let me know that we can pray for you. And let, let it be a statement, at least in this way, to say, you know what? Today I made a first-time connection with God. Today I decided to start a relationship with Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Or maybe it's to reconnect with him, a recommitment. Maybe you just, I'm not ready for that, but I just want to know more about it. I, I, this real, this vital relationship. You said, check that box. As you leave uh, the different doors, we'll even be going through this door over to the picnic and these. There will hopefully be someone with a basket there that uh, would be able to just ha- drop those in. It may be that you recognize, I need to connect better together with others and maybe in a life group, maybe you want to start one, maybe to serve in some way, connecting with people. To walk out of here not just hearing this and saying, yeah, I need to do something, and then not doing anything. Not ever really just connecting. To walk out of here on our own. Like we've been going. Why not make the decision to connect? Because we're better together with one another and with God.